0: Welcome to the Sunrise Podcast with Dr. M.M. Amakaro. We hope you enjoy it. Eternal Rock of Ages, we worship you this morning and we adore you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the privilege of your presence. We thank you for your love that ushers us into your presence, your grace that brings us into your presence, and your mercies that ensures we are not consumed in your presence because of the cleansing and the forgiveness, because of the speakings of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Father. Holy Spirit, we adore you. We receive you this day. We ask that you guide our hearts and that you teach us all that we need to know in his presence and about his presence. Be exalted, Holy Father. Thank you for family. Thank you for life. Thank you for all that you've done that brings us joy. Thank you for all that we need to know and to learn that will bring us to that place. That place that you have planned and desired for us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to read... Um, Exodus chapter 1st chapter 32 before we get into 33 in chapter 33 verse verse 34 he says now therefore go lead the people to the place of which I have spoken to you behold my angel shall go before you nevertheless in the day when I visit for punishment i will visit punishment upon them for their sin now therefore go lead the people to the place of which i have spoken to you behold my angel shall go before you this is god speaking to moses and then in chapter 33 reading from verse 1 he said then the lord said to moses depart and go up from here you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, "To your descendants I will give, I will give it," and I will send my angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites and the Amorites and the Hittites and the Zebutites, the Perizzites rather, and the Hevites and the Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. And then when we come to the same thirty-three, now verse 12. So then Moses said to the Lord, now Moses now responding, See, you said to me, Bring up these people, but you have not let me know. Whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. And you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray. If I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way. That I may know you. And that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. Then he said to him, Now this is Moses talking. If your presence does not go with us, do not bring up bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And Moses said, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, this is Moses still insisting, no this is God you cannot see my face for no man shall see my face and the Lord said here is a place by me and you shall stand on the rock so you shall be with my glory while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back but my face shall not be seen amen Now we see this dialogue between God and Moses. The first place we read was that God said to Moses, it is now time for you to lead these people out of here to the place that I told you about. This is not your resting place. This is not your dwelling place. And then God saying, behold, my angel, my angel shall go before you. He assigned an angel. He said he will assign an angel. And then right there now, he now spoke about punishment. When he said, behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit for punishment, I will visit punishment upon them for their sin. See, there's a preamble to this. The preamble is that when Moses went up to be with God, to get the commandments, that first commandment that God wrote by himself, Moses tarried for a while. The people waited and waited. Moses didn't come down. We know the story. When the people now harassed Aaron, I said Aaron should build them a calf, a god, because they don't know what has happened to Moses. And Aaron, under pressure, asked them to bring their earrings, bring their silver and their gold. Now God helped them to bring out from Egypt. And Moses used it, made a mold a golden calf, molded it into a calf. And all of them bowed down and worshipped. So by the time Moses came down, they were dancing naked, worshipping. Moses was so angry. So he, remember that he broke that first commandment that God wrote. So, and God was angry. So it is in the context of all this anger, Moses started pleading with God. By and by, God said he had forgiven them. Okay, but Moses, he take this people that you, you brought out and go. And I'll send an angel. Moses, the Bible says, Moses, God showed Moses his ways. God taught Moses his ways, but the children of Israel, his acts. Moses knew God. And God, when God now said, I'm sending an angel, Moses knew that that matter had not been settled. And all along, he didn't go with an angel. It's not an angel that brought them out of Egypt. It's not an angel that divided the Red Sea. It's not an angel that that brought water from the rock, so to speak. He said, no, no, it's not sufficient. And he insisted, it is your presence. It is your presence. And Moses said, see, you say to me, bring up these people, but you have not told me who you will send with me. That is not clear yet. It's not clear to me who is going with me. And while he's saying it's not clear to me who is going with me, don't forget, God had already told him I will send an angel. He said, no, I don't know what this angel is about. I'm not sure of who this angel is. But you, I am sure. It is with you that I knew that Pharaoh could not defeat us. It is because of you, your presence in that pillar of cloud, your presence in that pillar of fire. That is why we escaped Pharaoh. We saw the Red Sea divide. We saw you use the east wind to bring coil. We saw you cause water to come from the rock. You, I am sure. This angel, I don't know who this angel is. Although in this Bible, the angel is written, my angel, capital letter A. I'm not in theology class. I don't know that. But Moses insisted, please, I don't have clarity in this matter. The one that I know and I trust, I don't believe in any substitute. It is you. That I want you to go with us. So this is all the conversation we have been reading. Because Moses knew there was an unsettled matter. God, God said, no, let me withdraw my presence. Because if I go with these people, these stiff-necked people, I will be forced to consume them with my anger. And Moses pleaded and pleaded and pleaded. And we see Moses saying, if I have now found grace in your sight now, And you say you know my name, uh, let your presence go with me. Why are we saying this? It is the it's Moses realizing the significance, the import that there's no substitute to God's presence. There is no and he was talking out of experience. There is no substitute. And he kept telling him: if your presence does not go with us, how will we be distinguished from other people? How would they know that we are your people? You see the the, the factor there? The presence of God with a child of God is a clear distinguishing factor. That is that distinction that this God is with this person. God is with this person. Not only in the glow with you, the confidence that you carry, but in the kinds of signs and wonders that follow you, not signs and wonders that the heaven will fall. But the way things happen around you, people will stop to know, no, it's it's not ordinary. Moses knew it. Moses knew it. How can water come out of the rock? Was that ordinary? How can you wake up in the morning and you see manna? Food that you did not cook, that you can go and pick. Ha, where did you hear that? So, moses was insisting here now therefore i pray if i have found grace in your sight show me now your way that i may know you and that i may find grace show me your way let this thing be clear to me how am i going with who am i going what will happen when i go when you brought me out of egypt you set the cloud before me it is a cloud that i followed when I was in doubt, it is the cloud that showed me direction. When I entered, when it looks like the Pharaoh was going to get us, it is the same cloud that turned behind and became darkness today. In the night, it was the fire, the pillar of fire that I guided us. So why are you sending me? And you say an angel. So how would this angel? How I'm not used to an angel. Please, you see this kind of discussion, and this is the kind of discussion we I'm crying that I should be having with God. I say ah this place that you're asking me to go my father my God my friend so how are we going I, I can't go there if I go there I'm, I'm done I'm toast so give me that certainty that you will be with me I'm crying with all my heart because if you you don't follow how, the doors will be shut in my face wisdom will fail me so Moses in this conversation brings to, and this don't forget, this is Moses that had already been used as an instrument to do signs and wonders. He would have been so confident that, ah, yes, that God is still with me. He didn't want to take anything for granted because he looked at the immediate past. He saw that the people that he's going to lead are not the kind of people that you say, oh, yes, they will follow order. They were not people of law and order at all. They will just go and do the one that God will be so angry. So that's why he's begging God. Grace and mercy and your presence. That is the only thing that will make us go and arrive safe. So what about the enemies on the road? You say you delivered us from the deliver us from the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Perizzites and all. So is it I don't trust this angel. It's your presence that I want. It's your presence that I want. So this is a conversation that we see. And God now comes in and then starts to give him the details of how it will happen, what he will see. And the one that really gets to me is when he now says, So it shall be, while my glory passes by that, I will put you in the cleft of the rock. Can you imagine the safety? I'm the one who will put you in the cleft of the rock. and will cover you with my hand while I pass. Then I will take away my hand. And you shall see my back. However it is, your presence is hovering all around me. Before me, behind me, your presence. That psalmist really puts it so beautifully. Psalm 139, that beautiful psalm. He says, where can I go and hide from your presence? This psalmist in this Psalm 139 says it so succinctly. He says, where can I go from your spirit? And where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, darkness shall not hide from you, but night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both light to you. Can you imagine what the presence of God means? What the presence of God means? Night and day is alike because His presence is there. He is light. And in the darkness, He is light. And the presence is so permeating. There's no way you turn because God is so many potent. God is so many signs. And this presence is with us. So, where can you go and this presence is not with you? Can you imagine such assurance? And they said the presence will not only lead you, the presence will hold you. Talking about security, talking about guidance, where there is doubt. You are not the one leading yourself because he's the one with the plan. He has the master plan of our lives. So his presence is there. When you are in doubt, the presence is there. When you're weak, the presence is there. That is why David said, you are the strength of my life. The presence is what saves you from danger, saves us from danger. So there's no way. The, pre- the, beauty, the beauty of the presence of God is that it's everywhere. God is spirit, he's everywhere. And then we see that again in Isaiah. We often read that word in Isaiah chapter 43, I think. When he said, when he says, When you go through the waters, I'll be with you and the water will not overflow you. When you pass through the rivers, I am there. And in the fire, you say it will not scotch you. Why? My presence. My presence. My presence is a defense. My presence is the armor. My presence is comfort. In times of trouble, in times of distress, my presence. That is why I say, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. The presence of God is rest. Is it rest because there is no, um, no storm? No. It is rest because the storm is not for you to come in. The storm is for Him. It is rest. Because you know the battle is not your own. That is why the presence of God is, is the ultimate. So we want to thank this Jehovah God who is with us. Who has so generously given us his Holy Spirit? And he said, Call upon me in the days of trouble. David said, In times of trouble, you hide me in your pavilion. That's why I sit down with you to behold your beauty. I sit in your presence, I dwell there. So, this is for us to just always acknowledge his presence, always desire his presence, always cultivate his presence. Men are built by nature to fail because they are not good. So the presence of God is what all the human lives on earth put together to defend a man. That is why there's a portion in the Bible that says that it's one thing to prepare the horse for battle but the safety is of the lord you can prepare the horse do all you harness put everything the safety is the presence of god wanting to prepare and prepare and read and all do all that i always use um using bulls. <laughs> his last race as the undefeated champion of all track champion I, I, that thing never leaves my heart, my mind when I think about preparation and expectations of men that you have come into this thing and you're the king of the track. You have practiced, you have, reset, you have rehearsed, everything is good, and you come out to run the race. And we saw what happened to Usain Bolt. That didn't end his life. It didn't end his career. He's still doing very well. But that was the last day he was coming out the entire world. We tuned in to see his last performance. How he's going to fly in the tracks. But he had a pull. And he could not run. <laughs> so God is everything. His presence is everything. Preparation without the presence of God is nothing. So we see Moses. Moses had a task. God say, come and take the is God that sent him on that errand. And he said, No, I'm not going anywhere. Except I have the assurance. Knowing what these people I have led had done. So you see, the presence of God, to cultivate the presence of God, is also not to provoke God to anger. God help us not to provoke him to anger. Thank God for mercy. But deliberately departing, and taking grace for granted is another matter. These people had gone ahead and made another God, and they were worshiping. And Moses was so angry that he broke the commandment that God used his own hand to write. But the message of God, God gave him back another stone, tablets, and he came back. And God said, no, I'm not going with these people, otherwise my anger will consume them. But Father, we thank you for giving us Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you that you accept us in Christ. Thank you then for the gift of the Holy Spirit that you baptized us yourself with the Holy Spirit and with power. Thank you, Jesus, for making your presence so available to us. By grace, we enter into your presence. And dwelling in us, that we just move anywhere we go, we are carriers of your presence. Thank you, Holy Father. Teach us, O God, to love you with all our hearts, with all our strength, with all our might. And teach us to love others as we love ourselves. For on this two, just hang everything. Thank you for your presence. I want to read Psalm 46 in closing. Say, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help. A present help in trouble. Why is it a present help? Why is he a present help? Because his presence is with us. He dwells with us. We don't have to call him to come. If we're calling him, we're just calling him to voice out, to confess that we put our trust. He's already here. He's here. When we carry him, he's here. He said, I will not leave you, I will not forsake you. I will be with you to even the ends of time. I will be with you. You rise in the morning, I'm there. You sleep, I'm there. He said, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. He's our refuge and strength. David says, the strength of my life. is my light and my salvation. A very present help. A very present help. Because of his presence. This is what Moses wanted. Moses did not want the one He said, I don't know the substitute. It is your presence that I want. So let us not settle for substitutes. Let us settle on the presence of God. Because he's a present help. He will not arrive late at the break of dawn. Because he's already there. He said, before you call, I'm already there. Father, we worship you. So magnifies you this morning. We give you the praise. We just want to declare that we love you. With all our hearts, we desire you. With all our hearts, help us to dwell in your presence. Teach us what it is to dwell in your presence, to behold your beauty. For your beauty is your pavilion. Your beauty is your refuge. Your beauty is our refuge. Thank you, Holy Father. Commit ourselves and our family. Everything that you've given us, commit it back into your hands. Trust it that your presence, your power, your love, your compassion, your mercy is all that we need. For all that we need. That you You fashion our lives according to your plan. And you guide us in the path of life. Because we ask for your presence to guide us. Your presence is what we need to carry on the task that you have given us. You gave Moses a task. And Moses said, I will not go except you go. Every task that you put in our hand, Father, let your presence go before us. Because your presence will save us from danger, deliver us from confusion. Your presence will comfort us we should pass through the water in the process your presence will be there if we meet fire in the process your presence will be there to ensure that we are preserved thank you holy father be exalted so in this season it's by your presence that you have preserved us from the pandemic it is your presence so we cry more for your presence pray that your glory will fill our families your glory will be upon this nation nigeria that you have mercy that you have mercy upon your people have mercy upon the church. Let your glory fill the temple. Let it feel your presence. Any way we are, your presence, your anointing, that no yoke can stand, no burden can remain on our shoulders. Thank you for comfort that comes from your presence. It's your presence that brings the beauty when it should be ashes. It's your presence that removes the garment of heaviness. It is your presence. So, Father, we pray for your presence. We desire your presence. Have your way, Holy Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Thank you for the rest that comes from your presence. Rest from anxiety. Rest from torment. Rest from fear. Because we know that you know what to do. And your hand is strong to do what you need to do. Blessed be your name. Your light. Your salvation. Your refuge. Your strength. All in your presence. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.